0: Has anybody brought at least one present so far? You bought one present? I, I bought one this past week, and Amber already opened it, so. <laughs> Amazon showed up, and she's like, Christmas! I'm like, great. Okay, and, and that's just how it goes, whatever. But we love presents at Christmas. We love, we love that focus and all those kind of things. But uh, one of the uh, best parts of the presents has to do with what? The toys, Right? <laughs> Christmas toys. I mean, that's that's the best part of Christmas. And now these days, I am a dad. And so, you know, what does that mean? That means that I get to convince my children that the toys that I really want are the toys that they want. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? This is just how it works. Like, we, we convince our kids of these things. And so... uh uh, this has happened multiple times I'm, you know I had, a, I had a foosball table growing up, but it wasn 't all that great of one, and I wanted a really good one. so two years ago we convinced our kids that that 's what they should have, and so we could buy a really and we convinced all of them we should all of your presents should just be one thing, and now we own a really cool foosball table it 's a great thing. but every couple of years you know this with it, when it comes to toys there 's like that toy you know what i 'm talking about. There's that toy that everybody's like, well, that's the one for this year. A couple of years ago, there was one It was called the Hoverboard. You you remember when these were like a big deal? I know they're still trying to sell them. If you've seen Back to the Future, this was a disappointment, right? Like, like, that is not a Hoverboard, folks. (laughs) Okay? And then a uh, a few years earlier than this, there was a very interesting creature. You remember this thing? What was this thing? Furby. Yeah, Furby. That was so awesome. Great. It's like a cross between a rat and an owl. It was very... (laughs) What is it? I don't know what this thing is, but it's great. You still have one? Burn it. Burn that thing. It's scary. It looks like a horror movie, I think. But, okay, and then, and then back in 1996 was the greatest of all time, the Tickle Me Elmo, okay? For those who don't know, the Tickle Me Elmo it was amazing. It did so many things. You tickled it, and it went, <laughs> that tickles. That's all the doll did, okay? That's it. But in the 1996, these were going for thousands of dollars on the black market, okay? And, and uh, this is the, the last one. How many of you remember this one, the Viewmaster? Amber, can you grab that one for me? The Viewmaster. I got, I got, they still sell these things, believe it or not. I bought this on uh, Amazon a couple weeks ago, Okay. You remember these things? These were before Google. See, my kids just say, show me an elephant, Siri, and it's like, there it is. But this, you have to look in this thing, and you get these filters, right? You remember these things? And they spin. And, and this one's all animals. No, this one's dinosaurs. So you put it in, you get dinosaurs, you see different dinosaurs. And the point of a ViewMaster is you just change your filter, and you see something different. And when I think about life, I think about this. I think so often, all of us, we, we walk around and we all have a filter with which we view the world. And I believe this morning, is we're going to look at a passage of scripture and a story that's very familiar to all of us. I think God is going to challenge which filter we're using. How are we looking at the world? How are we perceiving the world? And I think he wants to speak to every one of our hearts. If you've got your Bibles, would you do me a favor, turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse Number eight, as you're turning there, just a reminder that we are in our New Testament reading plan, and so if you want to follow along with that, you can do so. We post that on our social media every Monday. We're in the book of Revelation right now, so love it if you could join along with that, all right? Would you stand with me as our tradition around here, nothing sacred about sand. It's just what we do to honor God's word when we gather together. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 8, says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping their watch over their flocks at night. a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Father, we thank you for your truth. God, I pray that your truth would dig deeply into our hearts today. I pray that in your name. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Around here, if you are new, uh, every week I have what's called a big so what. We say, so what? What's the point of this thing? Okay? I don't ever want you walking out of the door saying, what in the world was he talking about today? Okay? I hate it when that happens. And so I usually end with a big so what. But this morning, we're actually going to start with our big so what and walk through this this morning. So the big so what for this morning is this. How we view life drives how we do life. How we view life Drives how we do life. What we put our eyes on dictates the direction of our lives. You ever been driving before? Driving down the road, right? Doing your thing, and something happens off to the side, and you start looking at it, and then you look back and realize you've been crossing the lines. You ever that, man? Right? Oh gosh, oh god, what? Why? Because what our eyes are focused on is like a magnet for our hearts and our lives. What we, what we do is influenced by where our eyes are, right? And so we, we talk about this view master idea. We got all these filters that we use. Said so this, we have lots of filters that we use in our lives, ways that we view the world, places that we put our eyes. But I think there's one filter in particular that all of us use on a fairly regular basis. And what is that? It's the look at filter. The look at filter. What do I mean? Spend a lot of our time looking at Past hurts, past regrets, past mistakes that we've made. And it impacts the way we live our lives right now because we can't get past that thing. It's like a magnet. It keeps pulling us toward that thing, whatever that thing is. We look at relationships that have failed in the past relationships that have just blown up, relationships that are broken. Maybe it's with a parent, maybe it's with a spouse, maybe it's with a friend, whoever it is, and it, it impacts your life. Or maybe you're in the room this morning and there's a relationship that is currently struggling and you can't see past anything else because you're so fixated on that thing. It's the look-at filter that we use. Maybe it's an issue of financial challenge that you're walking through right now. And you can't get past it. You're overwhelmed in life. You, you're stressed out beyond belief because you just can't get past that thing. Maybe it's an issue with your career that you're struggling. Maybe it's something that having to do with school that you can't get past. There's something going on in our society whole. In the world, in our government, 2020 has been one of those years. It's just real easy to look at stuff, right? There's plenty to look at. We can't get past it. We keep f- focusing on it. It keeps getting all of our energy all of our attention, we look at everything in the world through the challenges that we've got going on right now. And some of you walked in the, do- the door this morning, and there's been stuff going on in the last week or two. And it's overwhelmed your mind, and you're burdened your heart, and you're in a place where you can't see anything else, because that's the only thing that's got your attention right now. It's the look at filter. But Remember, how we view life drives how we do life and when our eyes stay focused can be very destructive when they get focused on the wrong thing I think some of you understand this 2020 has been a very interesting year to say the least right it's an interesting year but I think it's been a year of revelation for a lot of us because my guess is some stuff's come out of you this past year that maybe you didn't like some, some attitudes, some feelings, some of these guys, you might have realized that you've had some priorities in the wrong place. There's some stuff that's come out, right? Because we've been focused on the rough, wrong stuff. When we focus on the wrong stuff, it produces fear, produces anxiety, produces insecurity, frustration, bitterness, anger, disappointment, resentment, whatever it is, but when we get our eyes in the wrong places, it can cause a lot of problems in our world. And what I wanna do is I wanna look at this story through this lens here for a moment. And when we look at stories like this, like what we just read together, I think it's really easy to gloss over the details of the Christmas story because it's just like, yep, shepherds, angels, yada, yada, good, glory to God, we're good, we got that story, okay? Okay. But I wanna just dig into some of the de- details here because I think they're gonna reveal some things for us. First, we start with this picture of shepherds in a field. Right? Shepherds in a field. There's nothing particularly religious or great about shepherds in a field. They are average guys at work doing what they do. They're taking care of sheep, not real exciting. They're just doing their job. And I think these are the probably the characters in the Christmas story that I relate to more than anybody else. Because when I think about the characters in the story, like Joseph, he's so honorable in the way he acts and responds to Mary. Like, I don't know that I'm that guy always, right? And then, we, and then we've got uh, some of the other, we've got the magi coming from, like, I'm not, I'm not like royalty, I'm not those guys, these wise. I'm not none of that, right? And Mary, I'm not like the highly favored, like the one in all planet Earth. That, like, I don't know that I'm that one. I'm definitely more like the shepherds. <laughs> like, I just got my head down, I'm doing my thing, right? Focused on life, doing the best that I can right where I'm at. And you think about shepherds, nobody, you know, grows up aspiring to be a shepherd, okay? Like, I want to spend my life out in fields working with smelly animals. That's not our aspirational desire for most of us, you know? We don't want that. And my guess is these guys are like, life didn't always work out the way they wanted it to. This wasn't what they desired, and I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like, not everything in my life is exactly the way I thought it would be 20 years ago. Like, that's not how life works, and I I would guess many of you are the same way. Things don't always turn out how you think they do. These are where these guys are at. And then you've got these guys. It's probably late at night. Late at night, they've probably got a fire going on, you know. Just out there doing their thing, sitting around the fire, talking about life, going through the motions, doing their normal, everyday thing. The way most of us live our lives, using our look at filter. What I love about this passage is the verse number 13 starts with what? In the NIV, it starts with suddenly. Suddenly, everything changes. Everything about their perspective changes. It says an angel comes to them, starts talking to them. And if that's not enough, we know a a big host of angels comes and begins speaking, and they're praising God. And it's no wonder the angels came and said, What? Don't be afraid. Why? Because these guys are probably freaking out, okay? They are overwhelmed. This is not what you expect. Listen, when you are out taking care of sheep at night, you know what happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. Like, you you hope a wolf shows up just so you have something to do, okay? Like, nothing happens. These guys, I'm sure, are startled and freaking out. Makes me think of a story from a few years ago. Uh, It was late at night. Uh, I was hanging out with some guys. Uh, late at night, it was like 11.30 or 12, I come home, okay? And uh, the house that we live in, it had a detached garage, uh, the house we were living in at the time had a detached garage and just a one-story house. And so you had to have a key to get into the house. So it's like 11.30, 12 at night. Amber's asleep because she goes to bed at like seven o'clock. That's just how she rolls. I almost bought her a mug this week. It says, what did it say? Born to be wild before 9 p.m. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I totally need to buy you that mug. Um, but so it's, So it's like 1130. I'm like, she's asleep. We got a baby that's asleep. We've got a toddler that's asleep. I'm like, I I gotta, I go up. I'm trying to sneak in. Totally forgot my key. So I have no key to now get into the house. And I'm like, okay, how do I get in the house? I'm like, I can call my wife. I don't want to wake her up. I don't want to wake the babies up. I don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I got to try and find a door that's, you know, is, did I, did we leave the sliding glass door unlocked? Come on, you know then I'm like, nope, it's not unlocked. Then I try to find, we have a spare key. Oh, is the spare key there? Nope, we gave the spare key to someone else. Ah, uh, I got nothing. So now I'm like, I'm just gonna go sleep in my car. <laughs> I'm like, I don't wanna wake up anybody. I wanna be a good husband, a good father. I'm gonna go sleep in my car. So I go sit in my car and then I have the thought, oh, wait a second, it's summer. The window, We've been sleeping with the window open. All right, so... Great idea, right? So I so I walk one story house. So I walk around the back side of the house and that, yes, Amber left the window up. We got a box fan in the window. This is perfect. It's a double hung window, you know. So I walk up, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pop the screen off. So I quietly, I'm like, pop the screen off, you know, get real quiet. Right? Now I just gotta, I've just got to get the fan out, right? And so I'm just like, if I can get the fan out, then I can climb in the window and I'll do it real quiet. She won't be awake. So I get the fan out and I just got the ground and I ding the side of the, the, the side table. And Amber jumps up, you know, and I'm like, oh. and I'm like no, it's, just me. it's me, it's me, it's me. Right? And suddenly I realized that wasn't a good idea. I should have just called my wife. <laughs> Would have been a far better decision in my life. I don't think she slept the rest of the night. But I feel like this is probably what's going on with these shepherds. Like, they are not expecting anything to happen. This is why the angel says, don't be afraid. You see, what I love what happens here is in a moment, it goes from fear to what I can only imagine is awe. Because they went from a moment of looking at to looking up. And in a moment, their perspective changed. In a moment, everything that their life was focused on was brought into a better understanding, right? They had a different way of seeing things, a different filter. And what I want to ask, and I want to get you to think about a little bit this morning would be this. What if you and I were to trade in our look at filter for a look up filter? What if rather than spending all of our time fixating on the things that so often wear us, add anxiety, add fear, oh, it's just how 2020 goes, what if instead we would say, no, let's put our eyes on our God? What if rather than focusing on the big problems you've got in your life, we'd focus on our bigger God who actually can do something about that? And I think for some of us, we're in this place where um, maybe somebody has frustrated you, somebody has disappointed you, somebody has angered you, and we get to a point where it's really easy to stay focused on that situation. What if instead we would say, God, I get my eyes off of you, and I put my eyes onto God. I say, God, I'm, it's all about you. God, I want to see you. I want to behold you. What if we would do that? A couple of weeks ago, I gave you an illustration. Remember I was holding a pumpkin, pumpkin up here? I had a pumpkin up here, and I, and I said, so often the issues that we have going on in our life are, are like this, we put them in front of our eyes and we walk around like this. We can't see anything else. We're only focused on the problem. We're focused on the issue, all these kind of things. And we don't even recognize that there is a God who actually wants to be active in our life, who cares for us, who is calling us, who has something greater for our lives, something good for us. He loves us deeply. He knows what is best for us. He wants to guide us. He has placed his Holy Spirit inside of us. But instead of looking at him, we are constantly dealing with the issue here. And I believe what God wants to do in every single one of our hearts and in our lives right now is to say, God, help us to see you. Could we behold you? Could the filter of our life be you? rather than the filter of my life, be my junk going on. Like, what if that would happen for us? Because people, stuff, circumstances will constantly disappoint you. They will. That's why when we say we don't follow people, we follow Christ. That's who we follow. Christ is our hope. Christ is our source. Christ is our rock. He is everything that we need. How many of you ever seen uh, the movie The Princess Bride? You ever seen the movie The Princess Bride? Okay. Love that movie. It's a great movie. Okay. And uh, there's several characters. There. You remember you got, the, you got the sword fighting guy, Negro Montoya. Remember that guy? We got the inconceivable guy. Remember the inconceivable guy? Inconceivable, right? I love that guy. Okay. Then there's this guy from the movie. Remember this guy? Who's this? Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. He's a great character. If you don't know him, uh, he was... Was a professional wrestler for a long time, was in some movies, just a huge guy. He's an enormous specimen of a man, right? And uh, there's a crazy story about Andre the Giant that I wanted to share. I I heard just several years ago. There's a story. It was when he was younger, and he was in an airport. He was going about just doing his life, just walking through the airport. And there was a little boy that was just playing near him. And uh, he was down, he's playing with his toys, kind of doing his thing, whatever. And something happened, and the little boy turned around and for the first time sees Andre the Giant, right? And here they caught it on camera. This is the picture. He sees the. It's just the cutest little picture in the world, right? Just like, ah. Uh, you like... see, what I love about this picture is that up until this point, this kid had no idea that a human being could be this large. Like He had no understanding, no comprehension of how big a man could be. And it just blew his mind. And I think this is a picture of what God desires for us. Because we walk around so focused on the things down here, never taking time to behold him. And as we behold him, I know what comes out of us is a face like that. It's a face of awe that says, really? You are that big? Really, you are that loving? You know that much? You are that powerful? That's who you are? That's what God desires for us, for every one of us, that we would behold him in all of his glory, that we would see him as he is That we would understand him. There would be revelation, not just head knowledge of how big he is, but revelation in our heart of how good and powerful our God is. That's his desire for every single one of us. And my guess is for some of you this year, this has been a look up kind of a year. For some of you, this was the first year you came to faith in Christ. You came to faith and you looked up for the first time. And, and your year has been amazing as you have built a relationship with Jesus. Some of you, you got baptized this year or you've taken another significant step in your faith this year. It's been a look up kind of year. It's been transformative in your heart in some way. But I would guess that there's many of us who would call ourselves followers of Christ who this has been a year where we spend a lot of time looking at stuff. A lot of time discouraged. A lot of time with our focus in the wrong place. My guess is there's also some people here this morning who uh, you don't want to look up. You might be mad at God about something. You might be ticked off about something, and you don't even want to look up. You're only here because somebody convinced you you had to be here. You're only online because somebody's making you right now. I would also guess that there are some people here this morning that you're afraid to look up, because you knew better. You've been walking the wrong way. You've been going the wrong direction. You know it. And you're afraid to look up because you're not sure how God's going to respond. You're not sure how he's going to react to you. See, one of the other reasons I love this picture is I love the face on Andre the Giant. It's just this, like, he's just happy. Like, (laughs) look at this kid. See, I believe this is, I know this is just a dumb picture, but I think this is representative of the heart of God for you. He he loves you. He cares for you deeply. He does. And it doesn't matter where you've been, he desires you to look to him. That's just what he wants. One of my favorite stories is the prodigal son. Jesus tells a story. If you don't know the story, it says there's a there's a man, he has two sons. One of the sons said, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to do my own thing. He says, Give me all, give me all my inheritance. Right now, I don't, I don't want to have to wait till you die. Dad, I want my money now. And he takes it and goes and just blows it all. You know the story. He goes off, spends all his money, ends up he has nothing. And he's sitting there thinking to himself, man, the servants in my dad's house have it better off than I do. Why am I sitting here in filth? I might as well go out. I'm gonna beg my dad. If I, if I grovel enough, maybe he'll forgive me and he'll let me be a servant so I can at least get some food. And it says that the father... Seeing his son coming far off. See, what that says to me is that the father was looking for the son. Didn't matter what the son did. Didn't matter the fact that the son was trying to run away. The father's heart is constantly saying, I hope my son comes home. I want my son to return. I'm looking for him. It says when he sees him far off, he doesn't stand there and say, okay, if he comes and gets on his knees and begs me hard enough, maybe I'll forgive him. No, it says that he hikes up what he's got on and he goes running after him. And he tears after him and he throws his arms around him. He says, we're having a party. We're having a party. Go kill the the fatted calf. Why? Because my son who was dead is now alive. And I love him deeply. And this, I believe, is God's heart for you. For some of you that are online right now, for some of you that are in the room, you've been walking away. You've been focusing on the other stuff. Listen, we don't have. We come in repentance and say, God, I, I'm sorry for where I've gone. But we can be confident in the character of God that he is standing there with his arms wide open saying, Just come. Would you just come to me? I don't care. Come to me. Well, I'm not going to leave you the same. Some stuff's going to change. But come. And I believe that's what some of us need to do this morning. We're in a place where, remember I said, how you view life drives how you do life. The way we're viewing some of you, because of the view you've had, it has caused you to, to operate and function in ways that ordinarily you wouldn't do. You're reacting in ways you ordinarily wouldn't react. You're feeling things you wouldn't ordinarily feel. And I believe this morning what God wants to do is say, instead of looking at, would you look up? That's my challenge for every one of you this morning. Would you look up? Would you put your eyes on him? Would you come to him? Not because you've got all your stuff together. Come to him because you don't. (laughs) Sometimes coming to God just says, God, I don't understand. I don't like what's going on. I'm not happy right now, I don't, but I'm gonna come to you anyways. Yep. You guys know what it, marriage is about. Marriage isn't waking up every morning and feeling it. Marriage is waking up every morning and staying committed. For some of us, it isn't that we feel it right now. We need to approach the Father again, and you know what he does? He begins to reveal his heart to us again. He begins to say, okay, we can start where you're at. I, I wanna reveal my heart to you. There's something that I... I, uh, I think I read to you, this to you guys maybe over a year ago, but it was on my heart again this week, and I just felt like I wanted to share it with you again. We think about Jesus at Christmas. We think about Jesus, little baby in a manger. That's kind of the thought that we have. But Jesus is so much more than that. And scripture reveals who he is. And what I wanna do this morning is I wanna to read to you a list. This is a list of different names that are given to Jesus throughout scripture. And here's my prayer for you. My prayer is that there would be something in the character and the nature of God today that would awaken in your heart. Because every one of us is in a different place. Every one of us is, is needing something different from God. And he would say, listen, I, I'm here. And I believe that he would reveal that to your heart here this morning, all right? So this is what Scripture says. It says that Jesus is the Almighty One. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the advocate, the author, and the perfecter of our faith. He is the authority. He is the bread of life. He is the son of God. He is the bridegroom. He is our chief cornerstone, and he is our deliverer. He is faithful and true. He is the good shepherd. He is the great high priest. He is head of the church. He is the holy servant. He is the great I am. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is our judge, king of kings, the lamb of God, light of the world, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is Lord of all. He is our mediator, Messiah, the mighty one, the one who sets us free. He is our hope. He is our peace. He is the prophet. He is redeemer. He is risen Lord. He is our rock, our sacrifice, our savior, supreme creator over all. He is the resurrection and he is the life. He is the door. He is the way. He is the word. He is the true vine. He is the truth. He is the victorious one. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And this is who God desires to be for you this morning. Some of you need to be awakened to the truth of who He is. Some of you have allowed other things to get in the way allowed other things to become the focus. And our God stands here this morning and say, would you turn to me? where every All those that are weary, all those that are heavy laden, would you come to me? I will give you rest. I will. I want to be your source. I want to be everything that you need. I will meet you where you are right now. Would we just turn? Would we look up?